Welcome to the Erie First Podcast, the weekly message series featuring Pastor Nicole Schreiber. When we express our worship, we may sing or use words that convey very powerful thoughts and feelings. But sometimes we use those words without fully understanding what it is they really mean. Today we're wrapping up our series called Words of Worship, where we're striving to better understand and apply those words in our walk with Jesus. So far we've discussed the words Amen and Hallelujah. And today, Pastor Nicole is looking at what it really means to exalt the Lord and to purposely put Jesus first in our life. This message has some very practical applications with it today, so let's get right to it. Here is Pastor Nicole. So we are in a series called Words of Worship, where we are discussing some of the actual words that we sing or we say in worship and what they mean and by doing that, uh, we, by understanding what we're saying, we're hoping that we have more purpose and more meaning. In fact, just before service today, uh, Dan Sheldon over there, I'm going to sell you down the river, came up to me and said, man, this series has been so good. I've been saying amen. I've been saying hallelujah. I know what I'm saying. I've been using that in my prayer. And so I so appreciate that feedback. We pray that this is a real practical um, series for you. And so we started with understanding the word amen. Last Sunday, we talked about the word hallelujah. And today we're going to discuss our final word of worship. And it's, the word is exalt. So during the message today, we're going to stop a few times to put this word into action. Uh, so you might be like, they missed their cue. They're still on the stage. They're on purpose, still here. Okay, we're glad that they're here this morning. And so uh, it's kind of going to be like, a lecture with a lab, like if you went to college, this is a four credit Sunday morning, okay? You're going to get all the points today uh, because we're going to talk about the word of God and then we're going to put it into action. So the word exalt or a version of it, high and lifted up or, or pre praise you to the highest is used in many worship songs. It's used in many scriptures that we read. I'm going to give you some examples. The first one is Psalm 4610 says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Exodus 15:2. The Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. He is my God and I will praise him. My father's God and I will exalt him. Let's read this one out loud together. Psalm 145:1. Ready? I will exalt you, my God the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. So this word exalt, um, you probably have sang it or you've seen it and you've heard about it, but how do we exalt God? It sounds like something we should do. It sounds kind of important, um, but what is the practical application of exalting God? We can't physically lift him up, so what is the practical application? I, I loved this story that I read recently about Leonardo da Vinci. And I think it gives us some um, insight into this. Th this great artist uh, who painted the Lord's Supper, or the, the Last Supper, the Lord's Supper, um, he asked another artist friend, he said, can you give me some feedback about my painting? And the friend was looking at the, the painting very closely, and he said, yes, the most striking thing in this picture is that cup. And he pointed at this particular cup and he said, that cup is unique. It's well depicted. The colors are just perfect. That, that cup is just so striking. And da Vinci, shockingly to his friend, took his brush and smeared out the cup. <laughs> 
And his friend was mortified. He was confused. Why would Leonardo da Vinci just destroy the very thing he thought was the best? And da Vinci said, nothing in my painting shall attract more attention than the face of the master. And so he eliminated anything that would take away from the face of Jesus. And that's what I believe it means to exalt, to adjust, to move, to eliminate, to change our schedule, anything in our lives that take our attention away from the face of the master. Christ is supreme. Nothing else should distract us from him. And I think it's so easy for Christ to be marginalized in our life. We have jobs, maybe you have schoolwork, you have sports, you have family, you have family you're taking care of, maybe kids that you're raising. All of these things take up time. The days go very, very fast. But to exalt Jesus is to give him first place. In order to give Jesus first place, I really think the first thing that we have to do, and we're gonna do here together in a moment, is we have to almost interrupt ourselves. We have to interrupt our pace. We have to interrupt our million mile an hour thoughts. And we have to stop and rest. Take a big deep breath. Quiet all those thoughts, quiet all those dreams and goals and, and things swirling around us. And we literally have to put Jesus at the top above all those things. And ask ourselves this question, what does it look like to serve Jesus first? What does it look like to organize my days around Jesus in first place? So here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna just take a few minutes right now. Maybe you wanna look at your handout. I conveniently put on there Jesus in the first slot and then several other things underneath. If you wanna, if you're, if you're a writer, maybe you just wanna sit quiet before the Lord. But right now, exalt Jesus by thinking about nothing else, but how you can organize your day, organize your life and give him first place. Let's just do that for a few moments.
church of the Colossians, there was a false teaching called Gnosticism that had crept into the church and was trying to marginalize Christ, like we're talking about. And it was trying to make Christ less of the focus. Now, Gnosticism uh, was a combination of mysticism, Jewish legalism, and Greek philosophy kind of all mixed together. And this teaching was declaring that Christ could not be God. Because what they taught was your spirit was good, but the body was evil. And so our belief is that God came as a human. He came as flesh. Uh, But because God could not become a human, because God could never be in body, because flesh is evil. And so Gnosticism said, well, Jesus must have just been an angel, not our savior. He must have just been another good being. And so in light of these false teachings, many people were getting confused. They were buying into it. Paul addresses the church in Colossians. And I wanted to give you that context so that we can read it together. Colossians 1, 15 through 19, it says, The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers of authority, All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things. In him, all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross." So in this moment, Paul makes the argument, listen, no, what you're being taught, what the Gnostics are saying is not true because Christ is the preeminent one. He is the supreme one, not only over our lives, not only over our church, but also over the entire world. He is worthy to be exalted. He is worthy of first place. So we just were talking about exalting means putting him in first place. Well, he is worthy of first place. And Paul highlights many reasons in this particular passage. I want to pull three out for us today. The first is uh, Jesus is supreme over all creation. So Colossians says Jesus is the, the image of God, firstborn over all creation. He's the creator. All things are created by him. Not just things we can see, invisible things, visible things. He's crafted it all. Christ holds all creation together. If Christ ceased to hold things all together, everything would fall apart. If if Christ, it's Christ's word that keeps the earth spinning on its axis. It is Christ's word that keeps it revolving around the sun. It is Christ's word that keeps an asteroid from crashing into our planet and wiping it clear out. 
The same God who tilted the earth 23 and a half degrees, not one degree closer or one degree further. The same God who made it rotate precisely in 24 hours is the same God who is working out your life. Jesus is the battery, he's the power source, and he's the switch that turns it on. He is the energizing force behind it all. And no moment, no event, no detail falls outside of his supervision. We may forget that Jesus is supreme over all creation, but he always is supreme over all creation. We may not give him the credit where credit's due, but listen, everything on this planet, every breath that you take, every beat that your heart pumps is because Jesus Christ is holding it all together. That's what Paul is saying to these people. And so Jesus is supreme over all creation, and so we will exalt him. We, he's already there. We don't have to put him there, but we will declare that he is there. We'll remind ourselves that he is there and everyone else around us. All right, Paul goes on to say, Jesus is the head of the church. So he writes in Colossians, Jesus is the head of the body who is the church. And I love this analogy. Uh, it's so good because it's so simple. What's in your head? Your brain. <laughs> Your brain is in your head. And a body that no longer listens to its brain becomes very sick and doesn't operate correctly. So who is the head of the church? The pastor is not the head of the church. The denomination is not the head of the church. The people are not the head of the church. The church council is not the head of the church. Christ is the brain of our church. And we have to exalt and honor Christ first place before anything else, or we will be in danger of losing connection with the head. Now, I didn't go to medical school, but I do know that a body without a head is a dead body. You need your head to have life. And so as a body, as the church, we must bring honor to Jesus. We have to pray and preach the gospel and serve Christ so that he may receive glory and honor because without the church doing its part in the nations of the earth, Christ is not exalted. And so Jesus is the head of the church and so we will exalt him as such. We will, we will say your first place here, your first place, no matter what. And so Paul goes on, he says, all right, so Jesus is a supreme over all creation. He's head of the church. And the third one is, is he is sufficient for all we need. So basically Paul is going on to say, look, Christ is worthy of being exalted because he is sufficient for salvation. We don't need anything else. It's not Jesus and. Christ is enough. And through Jesus' shed blood on the cross, he's done all the work needed for the redemption of our soul. We don't have to work anymore. We don't have to prove ourselves. We don't have to accomplish a certain number of things or uh, get, get holes punched in our church attendance card. We don't have to try to get God to like us. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Because Jesus paid it all. He's enough. He has enough for you in every situation. He has all the joy you need. He has all the peace you need. He has all the hope that you need. And so when you have relationship with him, you always 
have enough. Jesus is sufficient for all we need, and so we exalt him. I love how Paul begins to say, look, there are so many reasons to exalt Jesus. We don't have to look very far to find them, and we definitely don't have to make them up. We don't have to even look in our own lives and say, well, uh, God, you're high above things because of what you did for me. It actually has very little to do with your own individual life and everything to do with the fact that Jesus is supreme over all creation. That Jesus is sufficient for everything that we need and that Jesus is, is head of our church. And so to make him first place, we put him above all things. And so we're going to just do that right now. We're going to activate that. So would you stand with me? We're going to sing this song that says, just give me Jesus. You can have the whole world, but just give me Jesus. And would you just worship together? Really think about what it means to put Jesus first place above all those things.
Yes, Lord. Yes, Jesus. You can have a seat for just a few more minutes here. The act of exalting is so important, but it can only take place uh, when we accept that there is a created order of things. So, for example, God is the maker. We are the created. God is the boss. We are not the boss. God is the redeemer. We are the redeemed. God is the almighty. We're totally dependent on him. If we reject these terms, we often evaluate ourselves or others. We, we, put, we elevate us into positions that we don't belong I'm really thankful I'm not calling all the shots for my life. Anybody else really thankful there's somebody out there making, making good decisions for me, helping me get where they want me to go? And I think our stance, knowingly or sometimes unknowingly, uh, often becomes, Lord, my will be done. And we tell God, hey, all right, I have a problem, and here's how I'd like you to fix it. <laughs> 30 business days, in and out, please, you know. Uh, this is the, the thing that I see in this person. Can you please make them less this? Can you please fix this decision? Can you please uh, open this door for me? And we, and we kind of go to the Lord with the solutions. And God is saying, listen, instead of coming to me to say, Lord, my will be done, we need to say, Lord, thy will be done. Like, we have faith in the fact that we don't need to try to manipulate or persuade God to do what we think is best. We can say, God, you are the creator, you are the redeemer, you are the almighty, and you're the boss, and I will do what you ask me to do. God, would you work on my behalf however you see fit? And so I believe the way to have a closer and more authentic relationship with the Father is to focus on him and increase the degree to which you exalt him. Increase the degree to which you exalt him. I would even say that the mark of spiritual maturity is when that number one God in first place on your list gets so much higher than number two. We're not talking about like, ooh, just over the top. Like most days he gets to number one. We're talking about God number one, so much higher, so highly exalted that whatever second in your life is way down here. Because God, we believe that we can, we can exalt you even to more degree, even to more degree. Every day, every, every year as our life passes by, we become spiritually more aware and spiritually stronger. And by giving him his proper place, by exalting him, we discover that we exist by his good pleasure and not by our own efforts. I think we often have a very false sense of how much we can control. It's very, very little. But we try to gain as much as we can power and control over our lives, over, over other situations in our life. And when we get to the point when we discover that all we are and all we have is derived from God's gracious hand, it puts our pursuit of God in a, in a place where we are more fruitful and where our relationship with him is more real. Now, the choice to exalt God is an everyday choice. Every hour, sometimes every minute. Each day, we choose whether to surrender self and exalt the Lord or to exalt self and ultimately surrender some intimacy with God. 
I think that's what Romans 12.1 is talking about when it says, therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, because this is your true and proper worship. Worship is when our self is less and God is exalted. And the word exalt presents a very defining moment in the life of every Christian. I really believe either we choose to honor him above all else, or we choose to live in the struggle between self and spirit. Self and spirit. And what a struggle it is. But that moment that we make up our minds that we're going to, with determination, exalt God over all. It's like we step out of the world's parade. We're no longer uh, jostled and pushed by, by the crowd or the massive crowd. We're literally just stepping out of the game. We're, we're not even playing that game anymore. We're in this whole different game. We're on a holy way. We're on a holy path. And all of those pressures and frustrations uh, that, that of us going against the flow begin to diminish because we literally say, no matter what, no matter what that happens, no matter what uh, problem I face, no matter what relationship or pressure I deal with, God will be first place, period. There's nothing more to decide. And it's important to remember, we all surrender to something, John 8.34 describes that everyone chooses either to serve Jesus or self. There, there is no other option. So if God is not first place, then you are. And if you are not first place, then Jesus is. And if you don't choose on purpose, the choice is made for you. Can I get an amen for that? Because that's a truth right there. If you don't choose, the choice will be made for you. Our our hearts, when they go on autopilot, they go into real bad airspace without us even wanting to go. And so our hearts need to make a great decision, and that decision is to exalt, to raise Jesus to the highest of heights, above all other things, first place, but not just barely first place, but first place and first place and first place, as high as we can put him in the pecking order of how we make decisions and how we center around our days. Philippians 2, 9 through 10 talks about Jesus. And it says this, therefore God has exalted him, meaning Jesus, to the highest place and gave Jesus the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So here's how we're going to end today. I'm gonna ask you as we sing these last two songs, as we exalt God together, that first of all, if you need prayer for anything, or maybe you wanna put Jesus first place in your heart for the very first time, I want you to visit our prayer tables to my right and to my left during worship. Make sure you talk to someone before you leave today. It is such an important decision. Before these next few minutes, before your to-do list starts going and you start thinking about the things you're gonna do from here and the rest of your week, but before, just activate today by not going there in your brain for just a few minutes. And just for these last few minutes, will you give everything you have to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? And I'm gonna ask you to change your physical posture. Oftentimes when we change our physical posture, it just reminds our body that our soul's in charge. Like, yeah, body, I know you just wanna sit here. I know you feel awkward doing this or that, but guess what? My God's in charge, my spirit's in charge. 
So we're gonna change it. So maybe that means you kneel or sit. Maybe that means you stand or raise your hands. Maybe you move to this altar space or somewhere else. But I'm gonna ask everybody in the room to change their physical posture in some way and exalt God together. So would you stand? Let's, let's do this together. Let me pray for us as we just get real down into the heart of worship, as we're only thinking about Jesus who is first place, King of Kings and Lord of Lords, we, we come to you today. Your majesty exceeds our imagination. Who you are is beyond our wildest dreams. Your authority is so supreme, we can't even understand it. And so we exalt you today by recognizing just how great you are. We exalt you above every worry. We exalt you above every fear. We exalt you about every circumstance surrounding us. We exalt you above everything that we love, every good thing. We exalt you above our family. We exalt you above our friends. We exalt you above all the things that we love. And God, we exalt you above all the, the, the hard things and all the good things. And, and we pray you would be exalted in our life. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. We pray that we would exalt you, that we would make you first place because you are worthy. You are supreme over all. And we just declare and remind ourselves that we love you, God. We exalt you and we come back right to the very heart of that worship today. And it's in your name I pray. Amen.
we exalt you together because you are the head of this church. Lord God, that you are supreme over all of creation. And Father God, that you are sufficient for all that we need. Lord, thank you that you are enough, that you are enough, that you are so much more than enough. We pray today that all this week, we would center our days, our moments with you at first place. We exalt you for who you are and we love you. We give you all the praise that we have in our bones today. And it's in your name I pray, amen, amen. Can you just give God some thanks and praise today? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for listening to the Erie First Podcast. We'd love it if you subscribed to our podcast and shared it with your friends. And if you're so inclined, please leave us a rating and a review wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram or visit eeriefirst.org for all our latest news, announcements, and information. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time.